Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. Jason Tatum broke records and the Celtics broke the Sixers, but can they beat the Heat? Also, the Kraken have an incredible opportunity tonight and the Lakers, so they always had their eye on the Nuggets. I'm Kainani Stevens, in for Peter Bukowski. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Checking in with John Corrales, Locked On Celtics, Game 7 between the Celtics and the 76ers. Not as tight of a contest as probably Sixers fans or, I don't know, NBA would have liked uh, because this was a blowout right from the get-go. What did you see from the Celtics out of the gate that really put in your mind that this was going to be an easy win? Well, I think the Celtics came out with the right energy, the right focus. Um, they were clearly, I think they started out a little too hyped. Uh, they, they were flying all over the place. You could see uh, the, the, the plan was to get James Harden to kick the ball out and uh, get to the corner shooters and, and just say, hey, let's, let's see if P.J. Tucker can beat us. And they were flying like into the third row to start. But once they calmed down and they recognized, like, okay, if we just play under control, we've got this. Had a comfortable time from there, and Jason Tatum took over and did historical things. Absolutely. Jason Tatum, obviously otherworldly. I think for me, personally, game six was kind of impressive just because of playing as bad as he did, but then to come back in the fourth and play as well as he did. What can you say about his growth throughout this series? Yeah, that's something that I asked them post-game. Uh, that, that game six, when he played as poorly as he did for most of the game, to come back at the end and have those four shots that changed that that game and won that game for the Celtics, I think it lifted a weight off his shoulders because it, he, he went into that game, admittedly, he told me, too tight, too hyped up, and uh, putting too much pressure on himself. And then realizing after that that he played as badly as he did but still was able to win the game, he knew that he came if he came into this game and just had fun, he'd be able to have a, a much better game from from the beginning. And he did that. So his growth over the course of the series is is basically just relax. You don't have to put all this pressure on yourself. You don't have to be uh, everything to everybody in this series. All you have to be is Jason Tatum, and that's enough. And, and when he gets going like this, Jason Tatum can be uh, a killer. What can we say, though, about the defense they played on Embiid in this series and, I mean, specifically in Game 7 that kind of shut him down? Yeah, I, that starts with Al Horford. Uh, he, I think he shot somewhere around 54% during the regular season. The Celtics held him to 42% shooting in this series. Uh, Al Horford has, was, was just great for the entire series against Embiid, uh, playing not like a guy who's two years away from retirement playing like a guy in his mid-20s super energetic he said after the game that he wanted to put his stamp on the series and that was how he's going to do it focusing on the defense Celtics were creative when it came to Embiid the reinsertion of Robert Williams that started in game six was a big difference maker because that took away the hardened pick and roll that's something that Embiid focused on after the game it took away the the free run to the basket that they had in the first few games in that game five debacle the pick and roll picked the Celtics apart so Horford's energy, uh, Robert Williams coming back in, and the Celtics just being creative, sending some late double teams. Uh, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown had a couple of plays in this game where after Embiid was taking a couple of dribbles 
uh, with his, he was too focused, I think, like on, on backing a guy down. Those guys would swoop in and, and steal the ball. Uh, and Bede had a few turnovers in this game. It just he had no idea in Game Seven where the defense was coming from, and then 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 Tatum started picking on him uh, offensively, and that further wore him down. So it was just a, a brilliant brilliant game plan from the Celtics on Embiid. Uh, looking ahead a little bit, the Celtics and Heat, we, I feel like they play each other all the time. You know, we talked yeah, about right. <laughs> seriously. Um, what do we what do we think we'll see from this iteration of their matchup uh, this time in the Eastern Conference Finals? You know, who can tell with these Miami Heat at this point, right? This is an eight seed that lost the first play-in game, and here they are in the Conference Finals. So uh, I think with them, it's all about effort. And, you know, Jimmy Butler is, is just otherworldly in the playoffs. They're so creative defensively, all the zones that they throw out. And the Celtics tend to struggle with zones. So I think that's going to be a focal point for them over the next few days getting ready for game one is how do they deal with all the different defensive looks that Miami gets, uh, gets out there. Celtics have the matchups to beat Miami. The Celtics on paper are much better than Miami. But we know that Miami doesn't care about paper at all so this is going to be this is going to be a tough series no matter what if the Celtics can come out though with the level of energy and focus that they did in game seven then they can they can take those take advantage of those matchups that they have but if they are anything like they were in game six Miami will make them pay with the shooters that they have uh in a way that the uh Philly was unable to make them pay so the Celtics mm-hmm. have to be really careful here should be an interesting one. The Celtics are headed back to the Eastern Conference Finals. John, thanks for joining us. You got it. Thank you. Stay up to date all year on the Boston Celtics by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Celtics, wherever you get your podcasts from, and of course on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, this is just the second season for the Seattle Kraken, but they have already given themselves a massive opportunity to advance to the Western Conference Finals. But before we get to that, the future of John Morant is uncertain. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers get that no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. So just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point scores to which team that you think will be winning the NBA championship. Speaking of that, here are the updated odds for the remaining four teams. The Celtics are your favorite with the odds of plus 100. The Nuggets are next up at plus 230, followed by the Lakers at plus 330. Then there's the Heat. They're still getting no respect whatsoever. Their odds sit at plus 1400 to win the whole thing. Don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. They are an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. John Moran has been suspended by the Memphis Grizzlies from all team activities after a video showing the star holding a gun on social media began circulating on Saturday night. The Grizzlies announced the suspension on Sunday pending league review. This all comes two months after the NBA suspended Moran over a very similar incident. The team did not provide further comment about this one. Morant left the Grizzlies and entered a counseling program back in March after a video showed him holding a gun while intoxicated at a Denver strip club when the Grizzlies were in town 
to play the Nuggets. He was eventually suspended eight games after meeting with NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, who called Morant's conduct, quote, irresponsible, reckless, and potentially very dangerous. After losing in the Eastern Conference semifinals for a third year in a row, Philadelphia 76er head coach Doc Rivers said that he intends to return to the team as their head coach next season. James Harden, on the other hand, said he had not begun to think about his offseason decision-making process. After his team fell 112-88 to the Boston Celtics in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference semifinals Sunday, Doc Rivers said, quote, I think I have two years left. Meanwhile, Harden was asked directly about his plans for the summer after spending his first full season in Philly, and he said, quote, I haven't even thought about it, quote, end quote. Harden can either opt into his $35.6 million player option for next season or decline it and become an unrestricted free agent. On the diamond, it was a happy Mother's Day for the Toronto Blue Jays. Hello, friends. Craig Ballard, Locked On Blue Jays. Now, first and foremost, a happy Mother's Day to all our wonderful mothers out there, right? That is definitely first and foremost. Even on a day where the Blue Jays complete the sweep, start 15-3 at home, walk off. Even with all that said, happy Mother's Day first and foremost. Now, as far as Toronto Blue Jay baseball is concerned, how sweet it is. Sloppy game, but would love the end results, right? Sloppier starting pitching than we've seen from the Toronto Blue Jays. Sloppier defense than we've seen from the Toronto Blue Jays. Sloppier base running than we've seen from the Toronto Blue Jays. Now, tip of the cap to the bullpen. They were Sloppy is not the word you're going to use to describe the bullpen today, right? Very good job. Man, just this is the third sweep in a row now. Going back to 2021 for the Blue Jays over the Braves to, to be sweeping such a great team. Wow. Wow. I, I, I am two thumbs way up today. Make sure you join me on Locked On Blue Jays tomorrow as the hated New York Yankees are in town to continue this Blue Jay 10-game road trip. Yankees are in town Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday this week, so it's going to be a big week. And the Arizona Diamondbacks took care of business against the San Francisco Giants. The D-backs take three out of four from their NL West rival Giants in style with a walk-off on Mother's Day. Miller Thomas of Locked on Diamondbacks here. This was a pitching duel on Mother's Day with Logan Webb going against the rookie D-back starter Brent Fott, who has struggled through his first two starts of his major league career, but bounced back in a big way on Sunday. Five innings, one earned run, one hit. Looked solid. Command was good. Only had one mistake of an inning. That fourth inning, but outside of that, very good stuff by the rookie. But the D-backs offense really struggled to get anything going against Logan Webb, who was absolutely locked in over seven innings, only gave up one earned run. But guess what? Once that D-backs team gets to the bullpen, then anything can happen because in the ninth inning, Christian Walker got it started with a walk. And then Lord Guriel, who has been arguably the clutchest player on the D-backs this season, doubled down the line in the deep part of left field. Christian Walker, who is not known as a speedster, was able to score from first. D-backs walk it off, take three out of four from their NOS rival San Francisco Giants, and now they got a very easy opponent coming up against the Oakland A's. I'm sorry, Jason Burke. Let's go for sweep. Here is another story you need to know. Here with Erica Ayala from Locked On Kraken. Erica, we're here to talk about the two best words in sports, Game 7. <laughs> Kraken were able to be successful in their first Game 7 um, in their last series, and now they're hoping to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Is it surreal still at this point that they've been able to be so successful in this second season? Honestly, no. I think that's how most people who follow the Seattle Kraken – 
on a day-to-day basis feel. It's not surprising. It's not surreal. We're the real deal, if anything. uh, And we want to win just as much as anyone else that still has a chance for the Stanley Cup. Absolutely. What have they been able to do in this series? Obviously, I know they've been playing a little bit better on the road, not in six, but before that, what have they been able to do and what were they able to do in game six to force this game seven? Well, in game six, In particular, the Seattle Kraken really got back to basics. This is a by-committee team wherein you have multiple goal scorers when we're able to score first, when we're strong on the forecheck, and Philip Grubauer has been amazing all playoffs. But those are the ingredients. That's the recipe for success for the Seattle Kraken. We heard Dave Haxtell, the head coach, and a lot of the players talk about how they felt they got back to a good pace. We also know that uh, now, after game six, the Dallas Stars are 0 for 4 uh, when they concede a goal first. The Seattle Kraken were very effective scoring first against Colorado. I've had some difficulty in this round two series against Dallas, but they're starting to get back to that play. And that's what they're going to need for game seven. Talked about scoring first being important. They also scored a lot of goals in general. So do you feel like offensively that's their strong suit when they're in a game like this, in a matchup like this in this series where they kind of need to score as much as they can to get that lead? Yes, and I think that's really indicative of the team being in good spirits, having good communication, and having just a general good flow and energy to their game. I mentioned that this is a team that plays by committee, but there are some staples to our grit and how we play. And Jordan Eberle, one of our alternate captains, really showed that. He, he and his line were involved in four of the six goals in game six. That includes Maddie Beneers and Ty Cartier. Those are two rookies. So we're getting contributions throughout. But yes, it is always good to see Seattle score in bunches, especially against the Dallas team that can do the same. Absolutely. We saw them knock off the defending champs in the last series. They went to seven games in that series as well. What can you take away from how they performed in that game seven to this game seven? Well, I think, again, just looking at some of the advanced analytics in our very short history, the Seattle Kraken are undefeated in game sevens of the playoffs. (laughs) But even looking beyond that, we have a handful of players that have met success in every single game seven they've been able to play in the playoffs. I mean, we're talking upwards of eight players that have that experience. And that's something that we were lacking in the inaugural season, building through the expansion draft, but really focused on getting players, you know, like Justin uh, Schwartz and even Martin Jones to an extent, who was huge for us in net early on. And, um, you know, I I think that, again, the Seattle Kraken, while this is our first playoff run, we are here to compete. We are hungry for the cup, just like everyone else. Absolutely. Erica, thank you so much. We'll see how things go. Game seven on Monday night. Thanks for having me. Stay up to date all year long on the Seattle Kraken by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Kraken wherever you get your podcasts from and, of course, on YouTube as well. Coming up, the Lakers have had their sights set on the Nuggets as their Western Conference final foe. The Nuggets pretty much rolled to the Western Conference Finals. The Lakers know this, but Locked On Lakers hosts Andy and Brian Kamenetsky point out, while the Nuggets should be favored, the Lakers are not to be trifled with. Oh, but as you start to look forward... Denver's a good team. Denver's really it right good. now. They are... 
are you asking me as like a Laker fan or like a basketball analyst who who is going to be favored, who ought to be favored in this series? I, I've already seen it. Right. I, I, Denver answer, is slightly favored right now. The right. early line, slightly. And you know, and they and they should be. Denver should be favored in this series. Yeah. But if you're trying to just you know, if you want to think like, can the Lakers win? Oh yeah, they can. And I, I mentioned this before during the you know, I was somewhere halfway between you know, in, in into this series, Andy, at some point, you just got to look at the Lakers and say, you know what? When Anthony Davis and LeBron James are healthy and have a reasonable team around them, they are really hard to beat in the playoffs because it hasn't happened yet. Nobody's managed to do it. Um, and so if you, you know, can the Lakers win that? Yes, they absolutely 100% can. And you don't even have to squint to see it because nobody has beaten LeBron and AD healthy in the playoffs yet. Nobody. I mean, you know, my feeling, I think they would have won the Phoenix series that year, uh, you know, two seasons ago or whatever it was, if Anthony Davis didn't get hurt. I think a lot of the debate over Jokic's worthiness, which, you know, the way this stuff always works now, uh, a debate over one person's worthiness has to be just ripping the crap out of the other person and reducing that, uh, the other choice to just the worst basketball player on the planet. Um, I think Jokic got caught up in that in a way that led to people detracting from Denver in general mm-hmm. and just looking for reasons that Denver isn't real. And yes, the last couple of years, they haven't done well in the playoffs. They've also been missing Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., or Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., But this whole uh, spiel of mine is uh, leading up to something that just dawned on me. The only team that has beaten Jokic, Murray, and Porter in the playoffs is actually the LeBron AD Lakers. If this final four group of teams looks familiar, it's because it's the same final four teams we saw when the NBA was playing in the bubble in Disney World. So we'll have to see if it's the same outcome again and the Lakers come out on top. And finally, if Taylor Swift releases a version of Fly Eagles Fly, do not be surprised. Why? Because she was asked about lyrics in a song called Gold Rush that say, quote, with my Eagles t-shirt hanging from the door, end quote. Taylor politely replied that she likes the band The Eagles, but she's also a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles because she grew up outside Philly. I mean, she has talked about saying never ever getting back together with Jake Gyllenhaal, and that could be because maybe he's a Cowboys fan. Just saying. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make that your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, who will make it to the NBA Finals? At least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.